This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Game Bets and Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. I'm Nigel Seeley and it's Wimbledon semi-finals. And I'm delighted to say joining me is a stellar crew as always. Uh, Sean Calvert, tennis journalist over here in uh, England, betting tennis journalist. How are you, Sean? I'm okay, mate. I'd been a lot better if Taylor Fritz had won yesterday. That's, um, <laughs> that's 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 all I can say, really. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to come on to that in depth. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 exactly the same as you. I mean, um, a good job. I I lost my hair many years ago because uh, it would have fallen all out yesterday. I would have pulled it all out. And I'm glad to say. I know, being rivers have got this work. And I'm delighted to say joining me, uh, join us again, is uh, world former world number four tennis player and American number one, James Blake, who's over in Wimbledon uh, for the Trek Championship. James, thank you very much for joining us. I know it's early this morning and you've got a busy day. You're actually playing today. Yeah, I got to play later tonight. Got to do some commentary and stuff for ESPN and then got to play. Got got to hustle. Got a couple jobs here. <laughs> but the, the tennis will actually be a ton. Of, it'll be a ton of fun. We have a good time in the legends and no one takes it you know, too seriously and We'll have a a good time. Well, before we move on to the semifinals and look at the semifinals from a betting perspective with Bet Rivers, we've got to look back at that match last night. Taylor Fritz against Rafa Nadal, uh, the best game of the tournament so far. Now, I don't know if you know, James, but uh, Sean uh, and myself have been doing this podcast and the build-up to him in the last three or four weeks. And each week, Sean has been telling us Taylor Fritz was the man to bet. 66 to 1, 100 to 1, 125 to 1, 150 to 1. We also said he was the, the bet at 11 to 1 to win his quarter. So he had to beat Nadal to win that quarter. It didn't yeah. happen for him yesterday. He should have won. We should be sitting here gloating. We should be here uh, cashing <laughs> tickets, but it didn't happen. Um, Sean, we'll go to you first from, 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 from your perspective. What did yeah. you think of that game yesterday? I just think Fritz played it all wrong. I, I, I just think that the tactics that he used were. Even even aside from the fact that Nadal was injured, but he was injured, so it seemed quite clear to me that Nadal couldn't move to his. He couldn't serve for a start, could he? He was, he was just he was just dollying them in. He couldn't move to his right, so that he couldn't really hit his backhand particularly well. And for me, Fritz just the two things that he just didn't do. He didn't hit the backhand down the line, and then come into the net, which would have been the obvious play. Backhand down the line doesn't have to be a winner. Just back, backhand down the line. You're going to get the slice approach back from Nadal most of the time. You know that's coming. Just come into the net, finish finish the point off, and he he, he just consistently played the, the backhand cross court to Rafa's forehand the whole time. I don't know whether he was just waiting for Nadal to miss. I, I just don't understand the tactics, James. You'll probably be able to tell me, but I I, I, I just don't understand why he just didn't come to the net at all. In, in well, that I match. think uh, I think part of it is he's not as comfortable up there. I mean, we did see him when he did come into net. He he bricked a few volleys that I think a lot of people would have expected him to make and. Um, in that moment, he just that that's his probably his least confident position on the court is, is as he's moving forward and transitioning. And mm-hmm. like you said, if he if he felt confident and he could take that backhand down the line, move forward, he's probably gonna get that slice reply. 
Yeah. And the problem might be that he doesn't feel comfortable then volleying that up and having to hit up to, because if you, if you then leave that sitting up for Rafa's forehand, uh, I mean, he could be on one leg and have one arm and he's still going to hit that passing shot with, um, you know, when it's, when it's sitting up on the grass. And yeah. if you try to go behind him, that's a, that's a difficult um, half volley or, or low volley to get back to the backhand side to, to force him to do that again. If he's at all healthy, he can get around and hit a forehand from there too. If, if um, Taylor doesn't hit it well, so I understand it being tricky. And also the other the other aspect of you're playing an injured opponent, mm. and so what do you sometimes revert to? What you're most comfortable doing? And for Taylor Fritz hitting that backhand cross court, and and he was ripping some of them. Um, like you said, he, he, he may be looking for for Rafa to miss, but he was hitting them, and he was hitting them well. It's just that's going right into Rafa's strength. That's going right into his forehand. And mm. even as hindered as he was, he was able to still stretch out and, and whip that forehand. So, yeah, on that did, side, I, it was, yeah. Yeah, it did seem difficult to, because, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to do that. You don't want to give him right into his strength. But for Taylor, he might be thinking, you know what, he's injured. I'm just going to play my strength, my, my aggressive style, my, my backhand cross court, and it's going to be enough to get over the line today. And it wasn't against Rafa. I mean, Rafa... Um, and he does everything he can to win that. I really thought he was going to stop in that third set. Um, we were sitting watching in the green room with all the ESPN people and saying, you know what, I, I think he's done. As soon as he took off his, uh, his headband the first time and was going to talk to the, the physio, I thought, that's it. I think he's, he's about ready to call it. And I'm amazed. His whole team's calling him for, for him to stop. Yeah. And uh, it, that's why he's Rafa. <laughs> I mean, gutting it out and still finding a way to win. And, you know, that puts tons of pressure on Taylor. I mean, Taylor goes into that match with nothing to lose, you know, plays the first set that way. Okay. I got nothing to lose. I'm playing Rafa. And then as it flips so that it's now Rafa's injured. So wait a minute, I'm supposed to win. I'm, I'm the favorite now. I'm, you know, everyone's cheering for Rafa, this 22 grand time grand slam champion, because now he seems like the underdog. That's yeah. a, you know, that's kind of a crazy head flip for your first time in a quarterfinals of a grand slam. Yeah, it's, it's always difficult, isn't it, playing against an injured opponent? But I, I just think that that game plan was just never going to work. I, yeah. You know, his it, serve seemed to drop off as well to me. I think if it had won that second set, I think Rafa would have called it a day. I, I think that's did. very possible. Yeah, yeah, I think Rafa might not have felt like he could, you know, he, he obviously did gut it out. He was unbelievable. But down two sets to love against a guy that's serving as well as Taylor was serving in that first set. If that's um, if that's the uphill battle and you're doing the calculations in your head and you're Rafa, you might say, you know what, maybe let's let's pack it in and get ready for the hard courts. The one thing as well, the other thing you've got to remember as well is that for Taylor Fritz, he's the person at the other end of the course is 22 times Grand Slam winner, isn't he? So, so that is a big hurdle to get across, even though he's, well, he's, he beat him at India Wells, didn't he? So he's not. Yeah, but it's, it's Wimbledon Centre quarterfinal first major. I still think that's a huge barrier to overcome as well. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it, was, it was a wager for me yesterday. I didn't know which one was going to give up first. The action at Centre Court or 10 Downing Street. So we didn't know which one was going to go first, but uh, they both <laughs> didn't give up. So we go on for another day to see which one goes <laughs> first. That's the big interesting factor here. Well, my bet's gone first. That's all I know. Yes. Yeah, so, so, well, well, I think I think this, and we we. we talking about Fritz's performance and yes you know he could have done things better but we can't take away the the appetite the heart the desire from uh, Rafael Del who no, yeah. proved yet again that uh, what a true champion is and a warrior he is uh, in this sport but going into the semi-finals it's going to be very very tricky uh, to bet on him as of course of what's happened so let's have a look at the outright market now at Wimbledon for the final uh, for the, to win the men's championship Novak Djokovic um, is a very very low price favorite minus 360 now with Bet Rivers uh, Kyrgios is the second favorite with that injury concern for Rafa at $5. Uh, Nadal is out to 10 to 1. I know 
it's, it was a disaster for you yesterday, Sean, because Sean also has bet Rafa Nadal. Tell me about it. And now he's injured and he's 10 to 1. Uh, and Cameron Norrie, uh, the hopes of uh, Britain rely on Cameron Norrie. He's 25 to 1. From the outright perspective, I mean, you, you can't look for anywhere past the, the tournament favourite, Novak Djokovic here, surely. Yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, James, you can say cool. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Is yeah, I mean, Novak, he's the best mover um, by, a, by a lot um, on grass courts these days. So I just think it's really tough. I, I don't give Cam Nori much of a chance. Um, you know, it's a great story. British uh, playing here on center court. You know, it's, it's wonderful. But um, Novak, Novak's got the head to head against him. Novak is playing as well. Cam has got to be feeling some pressure. Cam's had more time on the court. Um, so his legs might be feeling it more than, um, than Novak and without his legs, without being able to, um, to get his absolute, have his absolute best performance and have Novak have a bit of an off day. I just, I just don't see much chance. So, um, I, I, I put Novak through to the finals and then it's curious is obviously the wild card. Um, and Rafa, I mean, Rafa hundred percent healthy. I'd love to see that. I mean, that would be, that'd be epic, but the way he is, if he can't serve the way we know, the way he's normally capable of serving, if he's serving the way he did yesterday, I just don't see him having enough to, to beat Novak. Sean, you echo that thoughts of James there? He's got to be Novak Jockey. He's got to be the, the man. That, obviously, he's the man to beat, but he's going to win, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you might, if, 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 it, if it's the case that Kyrgios gets to the final, there might be a situation where, you know, he's beaten Jokovic a couple of times, doesn't he? He's beaten twice. Um, yeah. It might be the situation that, 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 Kyrgios comes out on fire, wins the first set, and you'll probably get a bigger price in play on Djokovic than, than what's on offer at the moment. I, I wouldn't back him at, at one to three at the minute because, I mean, yeah, he's going to beat Kaminari. I can't see any way on this earth that Kaminari even comes close to winning that match, to be honest. Um, just don't see it. Um, but Kyrgios, yeah, he, he could. He, it's possible. But then is he going to beat Rafa? Is Rafa fit? There's a lot of questions, aren't there? We, we'll know later on when Nadal's had his scan and, he knows exactly what's going on with his body, but it doesn't look good for him at the moment. Well, I mean, Kyrgios, yeah, I think Kyrgios, he's got his own injury as well, I think, James, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, Kyrgios is definitely that wild card, but, um, you know, so many questions, I'd say at the beginning of the event, you were going to you would think, well, can Kyrgios get through seven matches physically? And he's had two five-setters, he's had a long four-setter with Tsitsipas. Um, you know, is it is there enough in the in the legs in the shoulder to get through that last match? So maybe the the one saving grace for him, or the way to to possibly not have that be as much of an issue, is if Rafa can't take the court. Rafa can't take the court, and now uh, Nick gets three days off um, and can just practice and do kind of be real casual and really recharge his legs. Well, then okay, yeah, maybe there maybe there is a chance um, because. You know, everyone knows physically he he may not uh, throughout his career have put in the same kind of hard yards as as a lot of the other top players. Um, so I think that was always an issue. Can he make it through yeah. a, a grand slam mentally? Can he make it through it physically? And the answer up until this year has been a pretty uh, resounding no. He can't um, because the talent is there for him to make it through, but the other stuff wasn't. So now if he gets these things that, that all kind of fall in line mentally, he's, he's doing a lot better this, this event, even though he's had a couple of, a couple of ups and downs and physically if he gets a, a, a walkover throughout one of those. Okay. So now it's down to six and he got the break way at the end of the event, you know, then it's, uh, then it's back to maybe he is worth that, that crazy price um, in the finals. 
Mm-hmm. I like that. The thing just just before we go on to the matches, James, what do you think of this curious debate? I mean, the, the jury is split on the way he is as a is he good, you know his attitude towards the game. But I think in sport we need personalities, don't we? You know, he needs he's box office when he comes on. You know, I don't agree with a lot of things he does, but uh, yep. the, the sentiment over here is really split. Some people absolutely love him. Some people despise him. It's what, what yeah. do you, how do you sit on the the curious uh, fence? Well, the, the way I look at it is I've always liked players being themselves. You know, I, I would never want Pete Sampras to go out there and be Andre Agassi. I wouldn't want Murat Safin to go out there and be Pete, Sam, be Pete Sampras. They, they have to be themselves. That's what I always like. And Nick is Nick is being himself, for better or for worse. And so I've always, I've pretty much been a defender of his for a long time. There are acts of his that I find indefensible. Uh, spitting at a, at a, um, at a fan in, after his first round match indefensible there's nothing you can say that's going to say that's okay in that there's no reason for that in the sport at all um so there are things he does when he was swearing against Sitsipas and continued to do it on air i mean 10 15 20 25 times dropping the f-bomb no no reason to do that um it is being himself that's the way he talks off off camera as well so um that is him being himself but um, that's the reason for fines. And I think umpires can do a better job of, of controlling the situation, but the tennis is amazing. What he does off court, um, for charities, for foundations and, and really getting his hands dirty and being the one to, to make a difference. I love that about him. Um, and the fact that he's now being open about speaking about his, uh, struggles, um, uh, self-harming and things like that. I think that's going to give a lot of strength to others that, that might not have been able to, to, to speak up. So I like so many of those things about him. Um, I'd love for him to sometimes maybe take a little more accountability. I mean, he came into the press after the, the city boss match with that kind of like, what me? Like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Like that was, a, you know, I'd love to see him maybe, um, admit some, maybe some of the things he did weren't, uh, exactly, uh, the most sporting, but he, he in, in the grand scheme of things, he's being himself, um, and he splits people and, but people are glued to the TV. They want to see what he's going to do. And I wish he would be, um, okay with the fact that they'd be glued to the TV if he just put in performances like he did against Krajinovic and against Nakashima, where he was unbelievably talented, creative on court, um, but not as dramatic with all the stuff um, in between. And I, I love seeing his tennis and I could do without some of the antics, but that's him. That's him being him. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the good with the bad. Yeah. I think we all agree with that. Um, but he is a talented player and he's up against Rafael Nadal and obviously with Nadal's injuries, He's the favourite. Uh, we went to sleep last night uh, when the odds come out and Kyrgios was minus 110 with Bet Rivers. He's now down to minus 148. No surprise. No one knows what fitness Nadal's going to be in. Nadal is plus 125. Uh, we don't know whether he's going to come to court. We don't know what it's for a, for a betting perspective. is really, really difficult. Obviously, this game is tomorrow on Friday. Uh, the handicap is one and a half. So you can get Rafa plus, plus one and a half. You know, who would have thought that? Minus 104. <laughs> and the total games are pitched at 41 and a half. Uh, Sean, from a betting perspective, this is really virtually, this is as tough as it gets to have an opinion on this game. Yeah, I think you can, there are, there are ways you can bet it. Is it? Whatever whatever way you use it. We always rely on Sean for an angle. When, when I went <laughs> back up against the wall, we always know there's going to be some kind of angle. That's, that's why we called him the protractor, James, because he always finds the angles. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I think the way to bet this is is, is the set betting, one of them or, or one of the other markets that, that void on, on a retirement. You know, I think if you can get odds of 5.5 on, on Nadal winning this three sets to one, and if he retires at any point in the match, it's a void. So I think that's probably the only 
angle you can take one of those void markets obviously if he doesn't take to the court at all it's it's, it's void anyway and it, it, yeah. it's, it's it's all forgotten about but if he takes to the court and he, he he wins a set or loses a set or plays a set whatever and then it doesn't complete then that market is void so that there is a way to do it obviously it's it's still risky because you don't you don't know how he's going to perform but i think i, I can't see any value in Kyrgios at this price i mean we don't know how he's going to perform not not we James talked about the physicality aspect of it, and that's something that's always worried me about Kyrgios in majors. Will his body stand up to it? We don't know. Um, so there is that there is that way of playing it. You can you can you can do it that way. But Kyrgios for me, just it, mentally, what how is he going to handle it? It's his first semi final against Nadal. He's the favourite now, so he he loves that role for me of being underdog. You know, I'm I'm going to come in. I don't really practice. I don't really train. I, I play half the year. I can I, and I can come in and beat these guys. That's the attitude he had against Sitsipas, and he loves that. For me, that love he loves it. He get that seems to get him going. Now he's in the semi-final, favourite to be a potentially injured opponent. It's a whole different mindset for him. I, I think I think it'll be really tricky for him if Nadal mm. does take to the court. Uh, yeah. What do you, James? You're, you're down at Wimbledon. Not you know you've been, you're covering as you say. Uh, what was the word around the court around the ground yesterday at the club? Uh, about Rafa's injury, did you did you hear anything? Did you think that you know the people think he's going to play? Is he not going to play? What, what was the sort of a, the rumor mill? Yeah, I have. I mean, I haven't heard anything since he keeps everything pretty tight to the chest um, right. with with his injuries. So I haven't heard any definitive what he's going to do or what he's even thinking about doing because he's got to get a scan today, and he he always just leaves it to I'll see I'll see when I do that. But um, I agree that that it's it's going to be interesting to see how Nick's mentality is because he actually went into his quarterfinals as a favorite too, and and that was a different feeling for him to play uh, Nakashima um, and uh, excuse me. And it's round of 16 when he was uh, the favorite against Nakashima and then the quarters against Kareem when he was the favorite and put in a, a pretty, pretty solid performance in both of those. Um, so you wonder if he's getting used to that, but obviously it's different being a favorite against Kareem and 22 time grand slam champion, Rafa Nadal. It's, it's different to be a favorite against him, but you're right. He does kind of feed off that, um, that mentality of, you know, I'm just here. I'm just having fun. He he showed how much it means to him after when he was getting emotional after winning that quarterfinals. So um, he can't go with that anymore. He can't say it doesn't mean anything to him. He can't say he's not um, he, he's not mentally invested in this. So now it's okay. Now the pressure is even bigger. Um, how will he handle it? So it's it's a it is a very difficult situation um, to be there if Rafa takes the court and he's if he's like 75, 80, 80 percent. That's really difficult, like you said, because Nick is so much of a favorite then, and he can see that. And now, how does that affect him? Does that start him with the, you know, with the chirping in his box and getting upset every time Rafa comes up with an amazing, amazing pass or amazing shot? Because um, you expect him to be hurt, and it, he's still playing like this. It, it, it's a, it's a difficult situation. So I, I, I agree with Sean that it's it's a tough bet, but you got to take one of those that might void. Mm, look for the void markers in that one. We're moving on to the second semi-final uh, tomorrow. Not really much of a betting angle on here. And Novak Djokovic is the overwhelming favourite, minus 14.30. Uh, so almost 15 to 1 on there, uh, Sean. And Cam Norrie is 9 to 1 uh, to win this game. The handicap is 7.5. And, and the total games is pitched at just 30.5. Very, very low for a semi-final. And if you're looking at Novak Djokovic to win Three sets to love. Uh, you're only going to get minus one fifty nine, but really three love does look the play, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's hard to see Norrie really doing anything against a player Djokovic's caliber. And I've looked at his record against top players. He's he's played twenty seven times against players in the top ten. He's won four and lost twenty three. Um, nil five in majors. 
one set one. Um, it's it, it the matchup just it doesn't look good, does it for not for for Norrie? You know, Djokovic doesn't really lose the left. Let's take Nadal at the equation. He doesn't really lose the left-handers. Like Vesely and Martin Michael Clis- Lodger, I think. Michael Lodger, I think. What's coming on to that? Coming on to that. Left handed tennis player, it's incredible. Uh, Nothing to do with no. the chat we had before this this call. Oh, no, you've picked that off the top of your head, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Klizan, Klizan and Vesely, the only ones to beat um, Djokovic since since Michael Lodra 2010, apart from the dark. <laughs> um, and both of those two guys, Klizan and Vesely, they've got a lot of power. You know, uh, Norrie just does Norrie wins his matches really by not missing and, and, and being solid and just being tough to beat and durable. That's, that isn't enough against the top players for me. It just he doesn't have that extra that that you need against these elite guys for me. Yeah, the last time they met, the only time they met James was in 2021 at the Masters Cup, and uh, Djokovic won six two six one. So that probably they covered the seven and a half handicap in the best of three set match. So maybe in the best of five, look for that that market as well. Yeah, I mean, I. I echo what Sean said about this matchup just being a, a really tough one for Cam Norrie. So I, I would probably, I mean, if, if I had, I could even, if the seven and a half, I think I'd take the three sets of love. I think I might take, and maybe even the under, um, just because I think this one could very easily be extremely one-sided with adding in the fact that it's a, it's a grand slam semi that Novak's got plenty of experience in and Cam, it's his first time, possibly only time. Um, so the nerves might be there. And if the nerves are there to start, and Novak gets out to a little bit of a lead. And I mean, we saw what he did against Sinner. I mean, he was in absolute lockdown mode for those last three sets. If he starts out that way and Nori gets a little down on himself, this one could be pretty one-sided. Yeah, the only hope he's got is to get the Wimbledon crowd behind him. But this is a man who's played so many hostile places, so many Wimbledon semifinals. I don't think the Nori army are going to help him uh, against Novak Djokovic. Uh, just very, very quickly, we'll move on to the women's. I know it's going to be today, uh, James. You're going to be at Wimbledon covering that for ESPN. Uh, quickly run through the uh, the outright markets. Simona Halep is the favourite at plus 110. Anja Burr, our pick here on the podcast on Game Better Matches, plus 130. Ribikina, uh, the hard-hitting uh, player from Kazakhstan, she's plus 650. And Maria is 30 uh, to 1. Uh, in the two matches today, an overwhelming favourite is Jabur. Uh, obviously, uh, Halep is a favourite minus two dollars to beat uh, Ribikina. Um, what do you make of the women's draw, and who do you see uh, coming through as the champion on Saturday? Well, Simona's played her way into being the favourite. The way she's uh, she's performed against Anna Samova and especially against Bedosa, I think those are some pretty pretty high level matches. With the tiny hiccup at the end of the Anna Samova match, where she lost a couple of three games in a row, um, and down love forty, almost letting Anna Samova back in, but. The way she's played and the way she's moved, um, it's going to be tough to beat her. Uh, in fact, I would say her tougher match might be the semis with Rabakina um, because she's just a hard hitter, leads a tour in aces. So there's a chance she could um, she could play well enough and, and hit big enough to, to hit her off the court. But I, I don't see that happening. I think Simone is just too solid. So. I would probably take her and then against, I know you guys like Jabur and she's a tremendous player, but um, I would think the way Simona has been playing on the grass and her memories of probably her best match of all time being the last time she was, um, she was here in 2019 beating Serena in the finals. I think that that experience, the way she's feeling is, is going to be too much. Yeah, Halep is the favourite. Give you the odds on to win the match. Jabur is minus 770. Maria is plus uh, 550. The handicap is six and a half uh, on that one with the Jabur at plus 125. Total games only 18 and a half 
for a women's semi-final. Uh, Rebakana is plus 265. Halep is minus 335. And the over games here uh, is mo- over 21 and a half, minus 103. I like the over 21 and a half games here. I think Rebakana will, will serve very, very well. And she could cause some problems. Uh, the trouble is she, she serves so many winners, but she so so many unforced errors with the yeah. with the way she hits the ball so hard. So I'm going to go for games. I'm going to go for Rebakana over 21 and a half games at minus 103 if you get that catch day in time. But tomorrow, I think we're going to play. We're keeping our stakes very, very tentative. I think Sean uh, wants to play Nadal 3-1. And obviously, that will be void if Nadal doesn't show up on the court or he retires in play. And on the other game, we can't see anything other than the 3-0 win for for Djokovic against Cam Norrie, uh, which is minus money, but we still think it's a good price. We also like the the 7.5, getting with Djokovic minus 7.5 and and potentially um, under games, uh, 30.5. That's about it uh, for Game Better Match. We'll be back previewing the final. Sean, thank you very much. Enjoy your day. Are you off playing doubles against some um, any any former Grand Slam uh, players Me? this afternoon? No, yeah. not today. No, that's, no. that's Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. <laughs> well, good luck with that one. James, good luck today uh, with your match and also uh, you. enjoy the tournament. Thank you as always for joining us and get down to the dog and fox after and have a few. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no problem. Uh, take care, everyone. That's game been a match. Uh, please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll speak again soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.